Join Ian Garnick as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world, reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future, and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. On this Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk about which test won. You remember that? Justin here was oh, in God. charge of that for a while. Oh, my gosh. Blast <laughs> from the past, man. Blast from the past. Justin, say hi. Hey. We're going to talk about the problem, why he doesn't want to like work with big SaaS or SaaS in general at his current company, what Justin loves about PC, the businesses that should get into PC, the formula for ultimate PC success, which is pay-per-click Google ads, the two segments that are perfect for PC, the length of a sales cycle that doesn't work there, why digital agencies don't succeed on Google ads, and the game changer for PPCs in your daily work that you should be doing, as well as the unsexy thing you need for campaign success. And what Justin learned from lighting $100,000 on fire using Performance Max and the dirty truth of attribution, which we've been talking a lot about. Of course, before we get started, this is brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. One of the best things that you can do for any of your marketing are your customer story videos. If you want to learn how to do that, got a new book out, just go to TestimonialBook.com and teach you step-by-step how to collect, craft, deliver customer stories that will transform your sales marketing. All right, let's get started. You've Before we get into it, let's do a quick recap. You've done a lot. You've worked in marketing for a long time. Tell me a little bit about how you got started and all the things you've done. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, I've been in the game for quite a bit. I think I've lost count in years at this point. Probably I think closer to 14. Started, like I, this always sounds like I'm going to say like a big company when I say it this way, but got my start at a small software company. It remained small as well in Cambridge. It was, it was a company called Template Zone and they like, we're like, hey, start doing email marketing. <laughs> that was it. I did that. Oh, go, go figure. And then I started really falling in love with kind of email marketing and split testing and those types of things. I was the face of a company called Witch Test One for quite some time. We were split test evangelists, oh, yeah. kind of showing the A, the B version. We launched a conference out of that. I did a lot of trainings, like Fortune 500 trainings. I was way too young to be doing that, to be quite honest. So sorry for anybody. <laughs> Thought I was overstepping my bounds because I absolutely was. And that's actually when I met my longest stay in terms of a career tenure is when I met Ryan Dyson, Roland Frazier. They went through one of my one of my half-day trainings. And then I think about eight months later, I was working for them. <laughs> that's a whole other story in itself. Yeah. Uh, spent seven years at Digital Marketer running their optimization program, building trainings and optimization split testing, analytics, and marketing strategy, ran the marketing team, ran the company. Uh, and also moved over to their software division because I was the only one there that had experience in software because I had started a software company that I exited. And yeah, and from there, wanted to go big SaaS. Didn't like that at all. <laughs> that's a whole <laughs> different That's a whole different ball game. That was one of those like sobering things. And you're like, oh, okay. It's um, There's this movie, what's it called? Uh, Orange County, where Jack Black asks Colin Hanks, hey, why do you want to go to college so bad? He goes, because that's what you do after high school. <laughs> that's how, that's what I thought was like a logical next step. And it wasn't. And so I actually partnered up with my business partner, Avi Kumar during that time. And that's when we had purchased invisible PPC and yeah, I've been doing that for the last bit, like probably like year and a half plus at this point, but yeah, nice. a long ride. And what brought you to, what do you like about PC? I love the, like kind of the immediacy and the stakes are fun. It's one of those things where you're staying close to a converting action if you're doing it right. Like you're able to influence things over a shorter period of time in order for something to scale and last like 
into the long term. Obviously, it takes a while to get like consistent results, but you can tweak things and go, oh, that worked or oh, that did nothing. So it reminded me a lot of kind of my roots on the email side of things. Cause you send an email and you run a subject line test, you know, it's going to, what worked, what didn't within the first couple of hours of that thing sending less immediate on the PC side of things, but you do have, you're a lot closer to an end conversion and you have a lot of control. So maybe it's like a control freak thing coming out of it, but you are getting less control as Google's taking more and more away from folks, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the trends and what's working right now yeah. in BC. But before we get into that, let's talk about who should be getting into it at what budget mm. and who should be staying out of it in 2023. Yeah, gosh, who should be getting into it? If you're in, I guess the more abstract answer to this would be if you have a product or solution that addresses an immediate need that's relatively painful right? Where people can articulate the problem so well because they're feeling it in such a way that it quite frankly doesn't matter if you're the best, but if you're first. That, those are the type of people that should be all in on Google, all in, because people are going to be in a buying decision, right? These would be people in the service industry, like emergency tree removal. This is an example, <laughs> not because we have clients that do this, but not because I have a perfect case study from a client side, but anecdotally, I had that experience where I was moving into my house, everything's going great. I drive up and there's a tree just on my garage. Just It just fell. It just fell. I didn't know. I was like, I can't do anything about it. I don't even own a ladder. So I just <laughs> go on my phone and I'm like, like emergency tree removal near me. Type that in. Or I think I said tree removal near me. I didn't even do emergency. I call, I, first one popped up, called. They didn't answer. Next one popped up, called. They didn't answer. Number three answered. They got my business right away. I didn't care. It needed to happen. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's amazing with me. Like anyone in that type of industry doesn't have someone answering the phone all oh my God. the time. And those are those like they, they at least had at least some missed call text back stuff in place. But by then it didn't matter because the first person who answers my call is going to get my yeah. and can get there in a reasonable. If they're like, oh, we can get you tomorrow. But like, no, next one. And I would just gone down the line. But it's wild like that space when there's a, a level of immediacy for it, you have got to be running ads because if you're not, your competition is. And they're just going to be, and it doesn't matter how much SEO you're doing. They're just going to keep showing up before you because Google likes that money, right? Yeah. They oh my God. It. Yeah. I mean, it's, was there like two organic results left on the first page of Google? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think that considers like how many ad extensions are in some of these two. Like yeah. it pushes everything down. I know it's, it's like now you have maps ads, you have the mm. Google My Business ads, you have obviously local service ads. And I love this immediacy, but there are some people that are not quite as immediate. Yeah. It might be, let's say, boat repair. Yeah. <laughs> that one hurts. That one hurts, man. That one hurts. We were talking about adjusting the boat beforehand. I get it all the time. Trust me, I've been there. And so, but does PC work for everyone that's a service that isn't necessarily immediate? Yeah. Yeah. I think I wanted to go super extreme example on the best, but if you are providing something where people are hyper problem aware, hyper problem aware or solution aware where they're searching using those types of terms. That's it. I wouldn't be using BC for anything that's like top of funnel awareness. It's just not the point that is what organics for and even better build audiences to do like middle of funnel retargeting on Google, utilizing other channels that top of funnel is more appropriate for. But yeah, like if you're, if you have a sales cycle, that's likely less than 30 days, you're probably good for Google, maybe even less than 60 days, but 30 days is nice as a nice number. 
if you're going to be getting people in and closing them out in that period of time, you're going to do pretty okay on the services side of things. I think it, but where things work less is like, it is in terms of like long-term, long-term sales cycles are going to be difficult. Like we, at IBC, we actually don't do anything with SaaS right now at all. If, oh, you, wow. if you have a, if you have a SaaS company tough, we're like, we don't want to work with you that much because there's a level of difficulty is one, but also just not difficulty in the ads outside of just the comp- competition's crazy. But you have a lot of people in SaaS that are in top of funnel mode where they're like, I'm just going to test shop all these things, especially for free trials. And you can drive the wrong action if you don't have deep data insights from the client. And for mm-hmm. us, since we'd be a step removed, it'd be really hard for us to get kind of data piping back in. And whether that data is if there's enough of that data coming in, are you getting enough people converting from free trial to paid yeah. to make it useful for us to start utilizing the algorithm to hunt and find these folks? Um, so yeah, that's one where I'm like, it, it works, you have to do it, but it's a different game. You're playing in, again, like the VC money territory where they can go at a loss for six, nine months on yeah. some of these ads and then cool, go nuts. But if you're looking to have a velocity of return of anything less than 90 days, <laughs> then you probably don't want to go that route for strictly B2B SaaS like Google. And, and just in the B realm, then agencies, marketing agencies, I talked oh, a lot about it. I'm like, and I've talked to Cosmo over solutions. Hey, and we don't do it anymore for us. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people aren't doing it for themselves. What's your experience with marketing agencies? <laughs> it's, it never works. <laughs> it just doesn't. And it's, it was hard. Like when we bought the business, Obviously, like we wanted to expand and show growth, like one to our employees, we wanted them to see, hey, positive, like new sheriffs are in town to our clients. Everybody yeah. wanted to show them all this stuff. So we're like, yeah, you know what? Let's take on some agency ads too. The problem is most people aren't ready to kind of book like a, an exploration call at that stage. Like, I don't think there's a true middle of funnel intention on Google at, that, that's noticeable enough for like agencies. And every time we try to run those for people as much as, as much as like we believe in their product and how great they are, it's just not meeting the, the searcher at that right point in the customer journey. It's just the wrong spot. And so that's every time. And we even, we run ads for ourselves for IPBC. Mostly it's to boost a piece of content that we want to use. Like one of our strategies and if our competition's listening, but they know we're doing this one, but two, for, we have, we complete, we did a blog post that was, Hey, the definitive white label provider, like comparison page and any, and so we go after comp, like competition keywords and we show that we don't go to it. We're not trying to get people to book a call with us that was searching for Vendasta. We're not doing that, but we're saying, Hey, if you're considering Vendasta, we already did the work. Just take a look at the difference between us and 50 other agencies that are out there. That's about what I'll do on Google ads outside of obviously remarketing, but we've, and we will run some brand but nothing crazy. It's just more like in case someone's trying to bid on our stuff, because like you said, there's two organic things left on the dang serps. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough, but also it's, it's marketing agencies out there. That's what they do. So they're spending the most much, most amount of money and most amount of time and you're super competitive. And also it's just, it's such a different environment. And when you're talking about now running PC and you're going to run for these, let's say I'm just going to run a PC campaign for one of my clients. What's working right now? What's, what can I do to get my clients the biggest ROI right away? Yeah. The first thing you're going to have to be doing, hopefully they have, one is investing in daily search term analysis on stuff and then playing in that negative keyword base. Like 
negative keywords are going to be your game changer over time. That's just it. Exact match isn't as exact as they'd like to make you think, even though a word like exact is defined in a very particular (laughs) way. It is not so much that case when it comes to, to Google ads, there's going to be stuff popping up that you either couldn't consider or that just is that Google saying it's close enough. It's fine. And so you really want to be being hyper vigilant in terms of what are the queries that are getting, that are triggering your ads and really making sure that you're getting an ROI on those. The other big thing you should be doing, and this is not sexy and it's coming from somebody that is, I'm, I live and die by like proper data setups and those things. It's making sure you take the time during the setup process to like QA your conversion triggers and get as much stuff and get the right data ported in and ported in correctly so that you can benefit from like the Google algorithm and really don't feel like you're, when you see like anomalies that you're like, oh, it's because we set something up wrong or we don't know our, we don't know our data. It's like, it could be, now you could be focusing on some other sorts of problems. So yeah, that'd be the first, like first two things. One of them's reactive that you can't do right away, but part of your process would be negative keyword refinement for sure. You know, I've, if anyone listens to this podcast, they know I love the unsexy thing because it's always, it's not because I like ugly people. It's just because it's the thing that always works. It's like with us, with customer story videos, it's like, it's not the sexiest thing, but it works and concentrating on good content. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> like one of the, like one of the things, and this is why it's so important to get as close to the conversion action. And this is why we don't do anything with SaaS too. I'll tell the story when I was, if you go up my LinkedIn, you'll figure out what company I was at when I did this. But we were running Pmax campaigns that month. I think we we're spending around between close to a hundred thousand dollars just on Pmax. That's it. Wow. So yeah, we were spending a lot of money. And you want to learn how to light a hundred thousand dollars on fire? <laughs> Use Pmax to generate trials. Go nuts. Watch your money disappear. Or it wasn't my money, but watch the company's money disappear. Because when you're using, when you're utilizing like a tool like that, you need to be at like the end conversion, right? You yeah. can't, because it's showing the right signals back to Google. Say, hey, they're, I'm getting them these trials. Con- woohoo, let's keep maximizing for those. But it's, it has no idea what happens after the fact 30 days later. It yeah. can't. It, didn't, it could, but it didn't. And yeah, so when you're setting these types of things up, do the unsexy stuff. Like really live in that and make sure if you can get, if you can go deep and get conversion data back in and there's enough of it, do it. Just do it. You'll thank yourself later. And if you don't think there's going to be enough like volume, like from like a sales, because I think a good example, say you're doing, let's talk about emergency tree removal. Say you're spending a couple grand a month. You're, it's going to be a hard time getting enough data from a, a closed one perspective. That's actually going to be, excuse me, that's actually going to be statistically significant in a way that Google will be able to optimize for. It's just not going to be enough volume over a short enough period of time. That's why you start looking at, okay, how many leads did I generate? And then when you're working with your client, then getting feedback from there and then working backwards. Google won't be like, so it's, you have to make a call. If you're high budget SaaS, get conversion data in right away. Make that a non-starter for any company that you work with. If they're not willing or able to get customer data pushed in at volume, they're running like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. That's a client you don't want to work with. They're going to fire you in three months. So yeah, get as close to the conversion as you can of the main converting action so that you're training get the right type, right types of results and, uh, and just do the unsexy stuff. That's about that. Yeah. Unsexy always ends up winning, but in, you're talking a lot about data and we've talked a lot about this whole, the 500 touches to binary playing ticket study, but you're seeing a lot of data across the board. And we've talked to, I've 
talking to a lot of people about that attribution is just not as powerful as a lot of people are saying it is. Um, Do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. I was thinking of a LinkedIn post today about that because I I wrote a newsletter a while back that was about, I called it like the six six word question that you have to ask yourself when like you're high, but right before you high five is, were they going to convert anyway? And (laughs) all attribution software and all ad networks are going to make you believe no. They were the only reason they converted was because (laughs) of us or for some reason. So yeah, the attribution side of things, people think it can be this clean understanding. It can't. The truth is out there. It's in patterns over time. So get pull in the different data sets. Take a look at what analytics is saying. Take a look at what Facebook's saying. Take a look at what Google ads is saying. Take a look at what LinkedIn ads is saying. And then there's a truth in the pattern. There's truth in patterns, not in individual, just like single touch points of data. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and so speaking of patterns, now we t- Google knows you're going to have 500 touch points data. You're doing PC. And I think I, I have a lot of faith in someone who's looking at a lot of data and kind of background analyzing it. I mean, you develop a feel for it and a sense for what's going to work and what's not going to. When you see like how much does online reputation affect PC results? How much does all the stuff that's going on around it affects PC results. Ooh, that's a really good, I don't know if I've looked at it that, at that much of a lens to make a definitive call, because one of the things that we get like every now and then we'll have an agency that has a new client that's, they don't even have a website yet. And we had to have a discussion where like, we could, the domains up, we could like, we could set off their subdomain with our landing page. Like we normally do the ads will get there. But the second somebody fills in like their name and do their does their due diligence, they're going to see something's up. So I guess there's a, there's certain areas of a snicker test that you have to be able to pass. <laughs> but I don't have I don't have a, a data in a good enough data lens on this one to make a definitive like oh like you absolutely need to be doing like not just search ads but you need to be investing in all of, like all of your reviews and Google My Business and going all in there. Yes. It should help you, but I couldn't say I don't have a, a controlled experiment, I think, yeah. between these ones. That's so I don't want to lead any, yeah, I don't want to lead anybody astray there. It You have to pay like Google's troll toll. So do what they tell you to do in these scenarios. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, I, I would believe though that if you didn't have a website or any kind of presence and you were running just a standard like landing page ad, you're going to have a harder, you, you might convert some people but they might not stick around or you might have a high dispute rate after the fact or who knows. But, uh, but yeah, so I guess maybe what I'm saying is it does matter, but I don't know to what degree. You don't want to. Yeah. I, so is there, like you said, like they don't have a website, is there a threshold? You look at someone's online presence and you're like, we shouldn't do this. One <laughs> one will be, one will be website. The other will be like, do we think they're poised to have success? there. And then the other is just, is this an industry we want to be in? Like one, can we do it? There's certain things you can't run ads for, but also sometimes you're like, do I want to do that? Does this make sense? But I think for us, the lens that we look at things, it's if we're going to run ads for somebody and think we'll be successful is, do we think we're going to be successful? Do we think we can improve upon what they've done previously, which would presuppose the answer to your question of, do they have a presence is a yes. (laughs) And then, and yet do they have a freaking website or do they have any level of of existence on the interwebs it yeah. would help us out a little bit there but yeah. no yeah i know or yeah or control their online reputation don't have one star and oh yeah about someone hating them <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting so 
tell me a little bit about getting started with Invisible PPC. Yeah, yeah. So super simple. Normally, when you come in, talk to one of our folks, you'll talk to Anna. Sometimes you talk to me um, and we'll be like, hey, this is how it works. Like we don't work with end clients. We're hidden behind the scenes, thus the name. So we work directly with the agency, which is actually like super nice because agencies get marketing. Yeah. And clients don't always get it. So we don't have to, we all know, we all have the same terms. So it's nice to be able to talk and sell to those folks and then uh, to, to work with those folks because we, we can all speak the same language. Um, yeah. If you're on board, you have a client that's in, in the home services world, isn't in SaaS, e-com, we've been doing, we're having a lot of success there, but really is outside of like the SaaS world or like the B2B services space. Then you end up just filling out actually like a pretty in-depth form, granting us access to things like your Google MC account, bringing us in. The clients don't see us in there. We do all the work, you get all the credit and you get all the money outside of what you pay us. <laughs> Pretty much after they've, you've signed a client, you just fill out an onboarding form with us and we take, every, we take care of everything from campaign architecture, ad copy, retargeting ad designs, landing pages, reporting dashboards, all of your QA testing. So all that unsexy stuff, we do it. Not uh, and then we tend to kick everything off pending approvals from you and the client, kick things off within about six days and then, then off to the races really. That's awesome. Awesome. So we'll put a link to invisibleppc.com in the show notes. And you spend most of your time on LinkedIn, correct? Yes. Yeah. How's LinkedIn going for you? What That's like that? a vanity thing. I can't get away, <laughs> I can't get away from, from having a certain number of post views like in a week, like in a seven-day period. And I don't know. I, can't, I couldn't say I could attribute a, a deal to LinkedIn. But I yeah. sure do those post numbers. That's about <laughs> it. But I do have a, I do get some good conversations. I think the problem with LinkedIn right now is that just lack of like meaningful conversations from folks. It's mostly just a pitch fest. But yeah, it's fine, I guess. But it's better than Twitter for me. So I guess I'll just do that. And Facebook, <laughs> like Facebook, all I do is I talk about like boating and stuff. So I'm useless oh, to anybody. How come there. I don't see, I don't see posts about boating. I love boating posts. But we'll put a link to all that in the show notes and a link to Invisible BC if you all are looking to add BC services. Make sure to check them out. Justin, thanks so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Oh, man. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. And thank you all for taking Justin and I on our journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. Better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, 
go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 